welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. Welcome to Mr. Nice Guy 2021 edition. I'm Ben Slowey coming at you. And I'm very excited to uh, uh, start the show back up. You know, it's always uh, every break I take from the show, I end up yearning to just do it more. So um, I am starting uh, tonight uh, with a very special guest. Um, she is a dream pop electronic artist who dropped an album uh, in 2018 called Emergency. Um, she's uh, based around the Chicago area. Um, we met uh, because she opened for Avi Tear in St. Paul when he was on tour about almost two years ago now. And uh, obviously love AB Terra, love Animal Collective. So uh, very excited to talk to her, get to know her as an artist and uh, talk about why she does what she does. So um, uh, Lipsticism, AKA Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. This is a great um, introduction. To the good, show. good. I did okay. I did well. <laughs> awesome burst of energy that made me smile. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. it's very, very good to see you. So you. It appears you're out in some lavender fields today. Um, how is it out there? Really good. It smells amazing. And just getting some fresh air, you know? <laughs> well, uh, it snowed a fuck ton uh, today slash last night. Um, I know you're like only like an hour south of me. So you probably got a lot of snow too. Yeah. Yeah, I think the most of the winter thus far. Um, it's really beautiful. Sure. Are you liking it? Yes and no. I mean, I hate the cold, but mm -hmm. I do really appreciate and admire a lot, like a lot of the, you know, natural aesthetics that come with winter. Like, you know, just walk, being able to like, you know, walk on like, walk around the neighborhood and it's you know just like a frozen wonderland is yeah. a glorious feeling it does get old after a while <laughs> yeah. but but no, I mean right I mean I I haven't really been going outside much because of quarantine mm -hmm. so when I do get out for a walk like I I've been appreciating winter a little bit about that how about you um yeah I really like it I think it's really pretty I think for me, when it gets old is when it's not like that freshly, it, it's not fresh snow and it just kind of gets dirty. And um, I think anything that is the same for a really long time, like I start to yearn for spring and for summer, but I try to remember how sometimes in summer, probably mostly when I'm like really hot, I, um, I'm like looking this way because it's a window of the snow. <laughs> so it helps my reflections upon the snow. Um, but yeah, and sometimes in the summer, I'm like, wow, the winter is so far away and it's so pretty and it would just be so cool to like be in that environment. So I guess the grass is always greener. So or or it's more lavender. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> It actually looks like this in Washington. Like there's, I don't know if there are any outside of the San Juan Islands, but there are like lavender fields that look like this on the San Juan Islands. Mm. And I don't think I've been like 
think I intended to once, but, um, but yeah, I don't think that's out here. Have you been to something like this in real life? No, I've only seen it in, you know, pictures or brochures or the various uh, beautiful places in the world Facebook groups that I'm in in right <laughs> now. <laughs> um, so no, I, I would love to see like, you know, just rolling fields of yeah. luscious colors. Like that's why I particularly want to go to the Netherlands mm -hmm. at some point in my life, just cause you know, the, you know, the countryside of brimming with colors of different flowers and stuff. Like yeah. it's a serenity I'd really love to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what we talk about, uh, I'm Mr. Nice Guy, Alana. We talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, uh, so as mentioned uh, at the beginning, we met because like uh, my good friend, uh, Alec, shout out to Alec, um, my, my brother, uh, my animal collective uh, cohort. Uh, I've, I've literally never met anybody like up to that point who loves that band as much as I do. Um, yeah, we, we went up, we drove all the way up from like the Milwaukee area to St. Paul to go see AB Tear, um, since Alec lives out there. And do you remember what the venue was? Wasn't it like Amsterdam? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And we got there and you opened for AB Tear that night and uh, um, loved, I, I, really was mesmerized by your color display and you know your kind of like you know synth wave dream pop sort of uh, uh aesthetic that um you know encompassed your set and uh, i remember like after the show we like went up to you to like tell you we really liked your set and somehow we started talking about astrology and uh, Alec correctly guessed your sign. That's what I is how I remember it. Well, yeah. You have to have real talent for that. Yeah, he's way more advanced at that. That than wasn't fantastic. Like I believe that's like a, that's a true talent. Which you are. Uh, remind me what you are again. Pisces. Okay, so it, it's Pisces season now, isn't it? Or it's coming up. The next one is. Yeah, so on February 19th, it's going to start the Pisces season. Oh, are you excited? Yeah, I mean, it's so last year I had like a birthday party and it was the last like event or party that I went to before quarantine. And I remember I was like, well, every, a lot of other people's birthdays are going to be like during this pandemic, but mine's not. Like, I, escaped that little did i know a year later it's still roaring on and now i'm having my um uneventful pandemic birthday yeah yeah, yeah. it's i know like i my birthday passed a couple weeks ago and like i celebrated with like you know just a really really tiny group of uh my good friends and we had a couple I had a couple people over um and 
Um, yeah, it, I mean, in a way, I don't really mind keeping birthdays like really low key like that mm -hmm. at this point because I don't know about you, but in the past, like, um, I would always like kind of set my expectations too high for a birthday. So it's yeah. really nice to just keep it very chill with only yeah. just a couple people that you really want to be there with, you know? Totally. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, it can be a really sad day. And I think lowering expectations is like a really good way to avoid it just being like a letdown all day. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know because I hated my birthday like growing up for that reason because I thought it was like my special day that like everyone's going to treat me differently than they normally do, but they don't. They don't. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, so we, so yeah, we, we met, uh, we, and um, we stayed in touch. You know, I'm excited to talk about um, the music that, uh, you know, you've kind of been working on lately and just kind of like where you're at now, but first let's take it back. So, um, did, so I know that, so you're, are you originally from the Chicago area? Yeah, I am. Cool. As am I, but I'm from the opposite side of the city than you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you're from the North Shore. Yeah. When you were little, like when you were a kid, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> so I, I laugh because I was asked this question um, in school. Uh, I just remember, it's like, a memory I have where everybody was asked this and I don't remember it was like elementary school and I said dolphin trainer <laughs> like oh. someone at SeaWorld who like makes them go like up um that'd be a cool job I think I really wanted to be that I think I didn't have a conception of like um I don't know of course I had a different conception of like jobs then yeah. and yeah, I don't know, like, I'm thinking, it'd be interesting, I'm curious now, like, what the, the salary is for dolphin trainer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that'd be a pretty sick job. Yeah. You ever go to the Shed Aquarium growing up? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it would, like, um, it doesn't seem as, like, magical and happy now, because, like, in awareness that, like, the dolphins are out of the ocean, you know, and like stuck in this pool. But it would be awesome to be around those creatures every day. They're like, they're really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you get older, you become conscious of like the environmental and ethical implications of like yeah. keeping animals in captivity for sure. But I'm conscious of a lot. <laughs> You wonder if um, it's something that people like are able to live off of or it's like just a part-time thing, I don't know. But do you remember like what you wanted to be? Did you have a, did you have like a dream or? A... <laughs> I jumped, I went through phases with it. The earliest job I wanted was when I was like three or four, I went to the farmer's market with my mom and I wanted to be a tomato picker. <laughs> I feel like that's in the same 
vein as dolphin trainer. It's just like something that like seems really pleasant. And very arbitrary, but yeah, like you yeah, said, yeah. very pleasant. Yeah. Um, I just thought the idea of like picking ripe tomatoes in just a field of vines just seemed super like stimulating, like pleasing. I don't know, but do you like so that was a tomatoes? Uh they've grown on me. I used to hate them. Um, I, yeah, I used to hate them until like college. Then I started like I had to start eating them on like sandwiches. I still can't eat them by himself by themselves. A little salt and olive oil. I would fuck with that. Yeah, it's good. I might, okay, I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Then I wanted to be. Um, I mean, I, I remember I really wanted to be an actor when I was little too. Like, yeah. I just, I mean, I was a kid that loved attention. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be in movies at one point. And then for a while, I actually really wanted to be a weatherman. Um, I watched the Weather Channel for fun growing up. And, I do. Yeah. But I feel like. I reached a limit with just a forecast and I would like wait for like that storm show to come on. Storm stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I I've always loved weather. I love storms. I love clouds. Like I just mm -hmm. have had a really strong gravitation towards just like the, you know, the pictures painted in the sky. Yeah. Like it, has a really profound effect on like just what I think about day to day. Yeah. Um, but eventually that turned into like I wanted to start doing broadcasting like in high school. But I just think that's a fun question to start with. Like, like what did what where'd you first see yourself? And mm -hmm. uh, playing with dolphins is that's pretty ideal. I like that. Yeah. I then wanted to be a singer, much like your your actor dream I I'd like practice all the time just like with um what are they called disc man those those like little things you put a cd in and you like plug your headphones oh the the walkman walkman yeah um but I just feel like um I was told a lot that my voice was bad so um I think I just kind of like stopped wanting to do that hmm. well how ironic that that's exactly what you would end up doing eventually <laughs> um and uh, quite frankly you're how ethereal your voice is uh in tandem with the music you make gives me chills really <laughs> wow i oh my god like i well, when I was listening to your record just now, I was like, man, there's bop after bop, interlude <laughs> after interlude. This thing is uh, fucking stellar. Thank um, you. You're welcome. So that being said, actually, that's a good segue into like when music kind of started, when it first kind of became like somewhat of a creative outlet for yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I started to listen to music differently it's like almost like seeing a new color I feel like this might be the um experience for a lot of people but when I 
started to smoke more weed <laughs> in um, high school, like end of high school. And it was like, um, listening to like Cosmogramma on that by Flying Lotus and like getting into like Jay Dilla and um, Teeps, like just kind of some people adjacent to Flying Lotus yeah. too and like Brain Feeder, I feel like um, it really blew my mind. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I was like, oh, I like, I don't know. I just, I, I started to like jazz and I didn't like that before. I just like found it boring or something or like non-musical, but yeah, that's why I say like seeing a new color because um, something about how weed like changes perception of music, at least for me then um, it's uh, yeah, it's just like it just, it opened up a new way to, to look at music or to experience it. Totally. Yeah. That is kind of like, yeah, like coming to think of it, like that is kind of like stoner territory music, like that really yeah. technical, like electronic new jazz sort of stuff. Um, Fortet is another really good one in that field. Yeah. I, I love like all that music. So like that I mentioned, but yeah. I feel like I listen to Fortet often these days too, but I discovered Fortet like a bit later. Sure. Um, but anyway, so I like, I didn't start making music. I forgot if that's the question you asked me, like when I start making Yeah, music. yeah, yeah. Um, I was in college and um, I was dating somebody who was like producer or, you know, made stuff on Fruity Loops, that dog, and um, was just like, oh, this is a way that you can do this. That's cool. And so I downloaded Logic and I just started to um, experiment. And then it quickly became something that I wanted to do like all the time. Um, and I started off just making things that, I don't know, it's funny. Like I didn't, I looked at the grid, but I didn't realize that like, you put things on the lines. Like I was just, um, I don't know, I didn't read like any tutorials and I kind of still haven't, but um, I just like made things that sounded very ambient, I guess you could say. They, they It was just like playing with sound. I wouldn't say that it was like creating music, but it got easier to like create music with like rhythmic elements and, you know, just, melodic elements or just stuff that sounds I guess um more the territory of like music than sound design uh just as I kept doing it but it took like a few years before I like made something with like drums that were like on the correct beat and stuff like that yeah that like kind of developed into more pop appeal because that's an interesting line to tread, like what kind of like encompasses what would most by pop standards would call music versus just sound. And yeah, it's it's kind of that's a really fascinating concept, too, because like I got really into noise music in the last year and uh, it's like 
sometimes you question like what even really like the idea of music itself is like has such a cultural context to it you know yeah absolutely i mean i just thought of like john cage and all his thoughts on that <laughs> and like um oh yeah i don't know yeah i guess i i don't really like care what it is or it's not if that makes sense like i yeah um i mean it's an interesting it's fun to think about sometimes but i feel like it doesn't change much to the experience of like making something for me i'm not saying that it couldn't oh totally me. yeah yeah i know what you mean and you shouldn't have to care um, <laughs> but frankly if you like it then yeah. i hope that doesn't sound like aggressive i'm not saying that i don't think it's like i think it's i think it's cool to care but um yeah. no i know what you mean like that's kind of something you decide for yourself as an artist like you know do you want something to fit more into like pop standards or do you or like you want to do a little bit of both like where some things are just you having fun with sound versus like crafting actual like songs that are catchy um so you you went to college in what washington right yeah bellingham washington the, it was Western Washington University, so it was like a, um, it was a medium-sized state university. There was like 15,000 people um, in the university, and then like 150, I think, 150,000 in Bellingham. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know, I don't know too much about, like, I had a friend who went to school in Seattle. Yeah. She loved it. People have like pretenses about Seattle, but I'm sure it's a really awesome environment to navigate. So did you feel like in terms of like kind of when you started making music in college, like did you feel like you got that in where you were studying? Like like uh, there was much of like an artistic scene maybe? There was one and it was cool. And I felt that, I mean, yeah, I kind of like, maybe yearned for yearned for more um people who were doing something similar to me um because it would have been cool to like collaborate and then also um put shows like make a bill with people that um I felt would create like a cohesive show it was um there was a lot of like rock and stuff that was I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it really. It was like um garage rock, would you say? Yeah, it's just cool. I mean, I went to a bunch of, of cool shows and I appreciated the scene that was there. Um but yeah, I have also felt like a little bit alone in um my interests. Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah. so when did you become lipsticism um like not long after i started just experimenting on logic pro um it was like a shower thought you know that name uh it's just the blending of words like i thought it sounded cool and then um and then i thought about it a bit and i was like i don't know 
I don't know that I like believe this or this is like what it means, but I like that um, it's like the word mysticism and then lips, which is like, like lips are just something kind of mundane or body part. And um, I guess I liked the perspective that um, of like blending something mundane and not. And I like that sonically too. I like that approach. Like, um, I guess you could liken like experimental pop to that, like something that's, um, yeah, pop, like really kind of, you could say mundane, commercialized, and then like the experimental facet isn't. But that's not really like, that's not, I'm not saying that's like formally what lipsticism means. It was just this like thought that I had. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, like it could mean that. Sure. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, juxtaposing one concept with another. And uh yeah, no, I, I think it's uh it's you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to like, you know, have like such a you know, a concrete like this is what I intended. I mean, it is kind of, I mean, it's just like a conceptual name and I think that's fun. Thank um, you. Yeah. It's hard to choose a name. I feel like that's probably like a, a struggle a lot of artists um, encounter, just kind of unsure of what yeah. to call their project and yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't know if you do this, but do you ever like compile kind of like a list of like words or titles or phrases that you think sound interesting and you write them down until you find something that you feel it would be like it's like the right time to apply it to something I don't think I do that like that and I'm intrigued now like I want to know more the way that I like do do something like that is just um for song titles but um what do you mean when you say apply it to something like uh like a creative project or like in a conversation or um well yeah a creative project i would say mm -hmm. like because um, i mean i feel like i don't you know when you're a creative you know in whatever sense of the world that word that means to you like you know you might like want to do certain things at different points in your life and for example like I want to write a book at some point in my life um and so I don't know just I'll I'll like find or come up with phrases like connecting different words or ideas that just kind of kind of the what lipsticism is to you just something that sounds neat something that sounds yeah. like it doesn't have like a concrete definition as much as a more abstract one yeah that's cool i didn't know you wanted to write a book yeah, yeah. i i don't know what about yet but i'll get back to you on that. The, you feel called to the challenge of like yeah writing a book that's awesome precisely yeah yes. um yeah so um when did you like first like play your music to other people like your first show I guess yeah 
um my first show was in bellingham and it was like maybe a year or two or like like a year after i started to make music and um there was like some poppy elements creeping out and uh i think it was um like i just like press play on most of it but um also use like the 404 for a bit of it i think and um after afterwards somebody in the audience or like the yeah was like how much acid do you do like just yelled that and um yeah so that was, that was interesting i was like i don't i don't know i think it might have been like a frat guy who like wandered in. <laughs> sounds right doesn't it yeah. yeah but yeah and i mean it's like i mean it's like maybe that's the maybe that was the 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 sentiment that your music evoked to yeah people like it's trippy you know so you must love drugs <laughs> right exactly yeah 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 i mean i which is interesting because i mean i love psychedelic and experimental music but i've never done psychedelics in my mm -hmm. life so it's it's interesting the presumptions that come with that yeah totally yeah i think you just like wanted to be funny too but you get that at, at in the college life for sure yeah um so i guess you know so did you kind of just start playing like shows sort of like you know i, I guess like what did playing sets and doing shows like what did that kind of look like for you from that point i actually played like one or two more after that like shows have always been something that um have been a challenge for me like because I um, like use, I put a lot into my music um, in terms of like software since some like hardware, um, but like through an interface, like there's just a lot and like a lot of like, there's field recordings and there's, you know, a lot of vocal tracks. And so the struggle has always been like, um, there's so much in the DAW and I don't know, like, how to adapt that to a live show. And so um, some of the songs that I played at the show that you saw, um, I think maybe just one are going to be on my next album, which is like almost done. I would like for there to be more, um, maybe I'll record them. But what I did for that is after I released Emergency, I was like, I really like to like start writing songs in a way that felt easier um to play a live show so i just use a synth the mini log um drum machine 404 for um field recordings and samples and that's it it's like a, a vocal pedal for like reverb and stuff um so it's just like making stuff um that i never this is a totally different approach it wasn't like like when you just work on a DAW, everything's recorded you don't have to like book studio or something or like worry about recording the music so um but you uh you face that or I face that struggle of like how do I play this live for 
the stuff that I played, there was like no struggle to play it live because I was like, I'll just do what I have always done uh, when I created this. But um, but yeah, then the struggle is like, oh, I got to record this <laughs> and like it's it's doable. But um, but yeah, I was like working on adapting my stuff on the DAW to a live setting because I really like love working on the DAW because of the like endless possibilities you get of um sound that you don't really get like when you're just working with instruments um but then the pandemic hit now I'm like not thinking about that at all because there's no motivation right there's like you can't like see it I don't know when it's going to happen um so yeah it's felt very hard um yeah uh which is interesting some people feel more like inspired than ever to create and some can't bring themselves to mm -hmm. i guess you know, yeah it's different for everybody so tell me about the batch of songs that would become emergency so um yeah like i mean there's a couple like there's some more there's pop songs on there but there's also more like shorter like interlude kind of things yeah so um tell me about like everything that went into that project yeah I had like a bigger batch you know I think a lot of artists like have like some of like hundreds or thousands you know and that they like you find out that like their album they just chose like 12 or something um and I don't have that much I don't know I guess I I feel like there was maybe like 10 songs that I threw out um, that I like go back to now and I'm like, I think I wanna like try to work on this more. I see something here. Um, but yeah, um, wow, it's been like, it's like 2018. I feel like I need to bring up the track listing. <laughs> like, what is it? Which um, I have for you right here. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, okay, we'll go down the line. Tell me about Divisions. I made that song in my parents' basement, like really um, concrete, like cockroaches type vibes, like cold. And I think that night I had like pretty bad food poisoning. I don't know, this is just what I remember about that day, but- um, Bullshit. I think like I, um, yeah, it sucked, but <laughs> I, I think I like laid the, foundation for that song in one day you know how like creatively there's just like some days where something comes out and you're like cool like I like that and then there's like months where it's just like or I don't like feel that inspiration um but yeah um I think I like laid the foundation and then I kept going back to edit and I think the editing process for Emergency was like two years. Um, and it really was, I really felt like I needed to learn to like put the pencil down. And when I listen back, like there's definitely things that I would change, but if I was still working on that same album, like I, I would not be happy with that. I would so much rather move on. And I, I don't know, sometimes I can get no, into a place where I'm like embarrassed, like, oh, the production, the vocals, the composition, et cetera, like could have been better. But I'm like, um, at least for now, 
I feel at peace with like releasing things that aren't perfect and also having that like associated with me you know like I don't think that uh I just I try to not like think that people are going to listen and think like oh she's a terrible artist <laughs> and like there's like the production isn't perfect or yeah oh and that's it's so subjective it is like yeah i yeah people could think that but i guess like yeah. i am okay with that anyway what were you gonna yeah, say yeah yeah, yeah. No, this is classic like being your own biggest critic and yeah i'm that way on myself too i get that um I was going to say, well, Wellington is my favorite song on the record. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, tell me about that one. That one's a jam. It's funny that there's like a, like a kind of dramatic event that occurred alongside this one, too. I was staying at my partner Eric's um, grandma's like rural house in Oregon, and um, Eric was at work and his grandma, like, was just kind of watching TV or, like, out at the senior center or something like that, and, um, I was cooking eggs, but they had the kind of burner that no fire comes out of, and so, like, you just turn it on and it, like, just looks like plastic or something, and it, like, turns red you know that kind where it's not like like actual fire doesn't cut would you call it an electric burner uh like a hot plate sort of thing yeah but it's like their whole stove top yeah and, i know what you're talking about yeah so i think i like put eggs on the pan and ran upstairs to get something <laughs> and i went back downstairs and this rag was laying on the stovetop on like the heat, the burner with the heat on. And this like thick black trail of smoke was rising to the ceiling. And I picked up the towel and it like erupted into this huge flame. And I was able to get outside and put it on the driveway, which I didn't know, but I guess was the kind of material that puts out flames and um I just had like such adrenaline and I went back in and I guess that adrenaline was like a stimulant or something I like also laid the I like made that song laid the foundation for that song <laughs> and um the kind of feeling that I was evoking was like I think at that time I was like processing this um, friendship with a uh, with person that for kind of seemingly no reason just um, like evaporated, yeah. And so it was, uh, that's like, I guess the, the emotion that is behind the lyrics uh, as well as the just, you know, song yeah thank you for sharing that <laughs> i love the elaborate stories behind songs like for sure um yeah. and i also i mean i also love like 
the what if. I love when you slip away. Like there, are, yeah. I mean, I I think that just like you know your your production technique and just that textural pop is, I and mean, it's so much fun, but it's also like very uh, whimsical and full of wonder. Mm. And uh, um, yeah, I, I'm interested in why you chose the name Emergency. Yeah, um, I chose it because I made a lot of this. So Wellington was right before, um, while I was in, uh, in Eric's grandma's house, um, I got a call that my mom had been in a really bad car accident. Um, my mom and sister, my sister was okay, but my mom was like airlifted like a helicopter to um, the nearest ICU that could like deal with that level of trauma. Um, she had like broken pelvis, broken ribs, her bladder erupted, and then she got sepsis, which is when um, like bacteria gets into your blood and that's something that can be fatal. So she was, um, it was a really, really um, difficult experience and um, she recovered, but she was in the hospital for a month and um, I was not school at that time. I was like the person most able to kind of drop all responsibilities and go and be with her. Um, so I spent like most of that month, like nearly every day in the hospital um, with her. And um, it, a lot of like the songs I started like in the hospital room, you know, I would just, there's just so much time there and there's not a lot to do. Um, and I was with her because it was like really important to have like an advocate, you know, like somebody who can communicate to the nurses and like, um, I, I felt like I was kind of, you know, I would like help her to the bathroom and it's like kind of a, a caretaker or something. Um, and then I moved home and I um, continued to like be a caretaker for her cause she couldn't walk for a while. And um, yeah, so I made a lot of the songs. I think I like um, during that time is when I finished up that batch of songs. And so, um, or not, I didn't finish them, but I like, I kind of created the, the, the bones and then I edited for a long time. Um, so it's like processing that a lot of the songs, um, like the song again um, was very much about, um, it was a lot about death and um, specifically like the death of somebody that I'm really close with and like kind of, uh, grappling with that question of like, will I see you again? And then like, um, it's just, I feel like I think about this like kind of every day still, like it's, it's one of the most crushing things, like the possibility of not seeing somebody again. Um, I feel like it doesn't compute, you know, because it's like the most, I don't know if people are, and relationships are like the most important thing if they're if they're the most like moving special thing and um 
and you know somebody, especially like a parent, you know them from the beginning of your life. Like it's just so um, mind boggling to me to um, not know them one day, but I'm not closed off to the possibility of um, some kind of intermingling of some kind of meeting again, I don't know, but, but I also, I'm not close off to the possibility that that's not so, but um, this is a whole can of worms. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, I, that's, I mean, I appreciate you bringing that up. And mm -hmm. for one, I'm really, really glad that your mom is okay. Ended Thank up you. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, these are, <clears throat> um, I mean, these are things that, we struggle so much with because there's no sense of closure you could possibly yeah. get about if you'll ever have any like even because we don't know what happens like once someone passes on and everyone has their own answers for that but we like so it's that's terrifying in in of its in and of itself but especially when it's someone so close to you, like, yeah. you know, you, I saw someone tweet recently, like I saw a tweet that was like, we fear our parents' death more than we fear our own. And uh, I relate to that hard, uh, especially in such a mortal time. I know. Yeah. COVID, you know, and, yeah. and like, and it's so true. Like it's, it's, we can, we can never like, um, take for granted like the relationships that we have and the enrichment that comes with the like experience of community and of family you yeah. know whether it's your blood family or a chosen family yeah like you said it's a huge can of worms to open to uh we don't have all nights to talk about <laughs> like the the mechanisms of that but it is scary it yeah. is just, it is just like it is scary like especially when it when it is like something can be something so like threatening uh mm -hmm. such as a car accident like that like a tragic accident can happen and like threaten that like especially after this past year with how fucked up it is and how morbid it feels to be living in this hellscape like i definitely hold my my family and my friends, like hold them tighter than ever, for sure. Absolutely. I don't know if you feel like this, like as a result of um, this mortal time, as you put it, which I thought was like a really good way to describe this time. Um, but after the accident, it was like so vivid that she was alive. You know, I thought I was like seeing a mirage, you know, because I saw her like unresponsive in the ICU and um, I feel like the same vividness occurs, like, thinking about death, too, like, even if you're on, or I'm on a walk, and I, like, remember, like, I'm gonna die someday, and so is everybody, like, suddenly, like, the world takes on a more vivid quality, and it, um, yeah, it's just a, it really changes, it really can change perspective. Oh, yeah, absolutely, like, um yeah i i think about 
that and you know how earlier we were talking about how like when you're like at the shed aquarium for example and you come to terms with like the environmental and like social consciousness of like things like that well i think that it's um adjacent to coming to terms with your mortality when you become an adult and you grow up and you become kind of gradually stripped of your childlike innocence you know you grow responsible for yourself and for you know the your own autonomy and uh, like i think i mean you and i are both in our 20s so we're going through a very like profound um phase of that right now yeah. where we realize like that people that we love i mean ourselves obviously too but you know we like we have such a finite period of existence um to live and you know search this life for meaning and i look i think a lot about just you know i've been reflecting so much in childhood and like my own like childhood surroundings and memories and you know how place shapes your sense of understanding and uh, you know being like grateful for it in a really abstract way because like all that made me like like i've had so much to be grateful for you know it doesn't take away from tragic or shitty things that happened to you growing up but like you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been having a lot of dreams about that lately, like, mm -hmm. just like how, you know, I was so lucky to like have been raised and like with this family and like still be able to like, you know, have sustained like that close like relationship with them and still be able to share that love and meaning and, and like you just become so much more like aware like at this age of like everything you have and everything you have had and uh, how you couldn't imagine it any other way. And the idea of anything threatening that is fucking mortifying. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. That's why um, Strawberry Jam is my favorite Anko record because it talks really? about like it. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of themes about like growing up and mm -hmm. coming to terms with like the like cuckoo for example is such a dark and visceral song and like about like growing up and not being able to just like be a kid anymore like you know you're kind of like um like you feel like you just meandered into adulthood yeah you know i admire them for talking about that because I think that that can be something that's kind of embarrassing to talk about you know like um yeah I think that there is definitely like a part of me and it changes just as like moods and thoughts change all the time um but there's like a mood I get into where I like definitely want to be a child again like a, a very nostalgic um mood for that and um but it's it's pretty like embarrassing to admit I think that in admitting that like there's there's fears that come up around that that people would like think poorly of me or something or like um 
I think all these things that I like want to prove to myself that I'm like responsible and autonomous um I like I don't know maybe it's just my age right now but I feel like really attached to like proving that to myself and others and so admitting something which is very real um that sometimes like I don't want to be autonomous at all I like really like want to I want to like full-on go back like into the home videos you know um is yeah I think it's a vulnerable thing to admit and I I admire I admire when people are vulnerable vulnerable and I um and I think like in music it's really powerful uh yeah totally it's beautiful yeah. oh, I appreciate you sharing that a lot like yeah, I mean, because, you know, none of this was there when we were kids, you know, like, like, we didn't, you, you, you were just in a perpetual escapism as a kid, like, yeah, I wonder what it's yeah. like to receive this, like, COVID right now as a kid, you know? Yeah, I, I think about that, too, like, especially in terms of, like, school, you know? But sorry, what were you going to say? You were like saying that you're in a perpetual escapism. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, just like when you're a kid, like I was just constantly in my imagination. I mean, most kids are in whatever it is, like whether that's through playing sports or playing video games or, you know, just running around with your friends, like at recess, like, yeah. you know, those things were what we placed so much, like, those things were so accessible and, you know, like we had the capacity, like that's all, that's all we needed to have the capacity for. Mm -hmm. Like that's what being a kid is all about. Right. And I think the, the challenge of reaching these points in our lives is how can we still retain mm -hmm. elements of that, that still make life still you know be full of wonder and joy and uh, yeah. you know that imaginativeness and that's why I mean that's why you make music that's why yeah. you know like that's why all of us do what we do so yeah for sure it's like uh, yeah go ahead oh go ahead Sorry. it's um it's like helpful to remember that that's a big reason that I make music because um, sometimes I can like forget why, but um, I was talking to a friend the other week and she was like, she was saying that she has just like so much of an easier time making music when she sees it as play um, because, and I think before that she was seeing it as like a job and um, that was making it not fun to approach it that way and it was also making her like feel less inspired or less like creatively productive and so um yeah I think it's I, I didn't like I absolutely like started music for um to like play <laughs> and uh I do forget it forget that sometimes though like I I think like more about um you know kind of like fantasize about uh 
oh, maybe I can like go on a tour to Europe one day or like, and like, what do I need to do to get that? Um, but. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. I think like, we all like, especially when it comes, when you bridge that line of like, when something turns, goes from a hobby, but teeters on becoming like a career or teeters on like, trying to like monetize it. Yeah. Like figure out ways to like, market yourself you know uh so next up alana so av tear uh yeah. toured with him um on his cows on hourglass pond tour mm -hmm. um i guess uh i'll let, give the floor to you to talk a little bit about just like how that happened like kind of where the origins of that I came to be yeah um I had just like met him a few times and um one time when we were having a discussion I think I was like um mentioned that I make music and then um he was like yeah send it to me and uh send it to his email and uh I feel like it was some years later but I just got this like email from um this person I this email address I didn't recognize and it like looked all professional and then it was like hi I like work for AV Tear and I am wondering if you're available for these dates for uh to open and you know I was for sure like what <laughs> you know I was like this is so random and awesome and um I'm scared <laughs> and I'm really excited. Oh yeah, I I would be too. <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's incredible, but it is sort of like a, a shock factor to that. Yeah, it feels like such a nice thing that he extended that offer to me. Um, did you just like send him like emergency? Like, was that out at that time? Yeah, or? yeah it was. Um, yeah, I sent him that. Cool. Yeah. Oh, so I'd love to hear a little bit about like the experience of uh, doing the tour. Yeah, so like hadn't played many shows before that. And I mean, yeah, not going to lie, it's extremely nervous. And but there's like, I remember this, like I did a lot of like dance and rhythmic gymnastics as a kid. Like uh, I was like push pretty heavily into that like um there's like competitively both of those you know and so I like remember the feeling of like how nervous I got before getting on stage and then how like when you're just like on stage doing it I don't know why this happens but it's just like you don't like you're just doing it and you're like not as nervous and I think that's a really good feeling I love that feeling like of um yeah of just doing it and kind of like as if I'm in my room playing those songs but like there happens to be an audience and I um I think that's one of the coolest things about shows is that like live shows like an artist can just kind of like um like 
create the atmosphere in a room, you know, like for a finite period of time, there's just like this like world that everybody's in together. And oftentimes, you know, for artists, it, the world is something really personal that like they wouldn't necessarily like reveal in a conversation to somebody they just met, but they are revealing it in this like um, setting. I think it's really cool. And I, I love to witness that. And I do love to do that too, but I feel it is challenging to the anticipation, you know, like not just like being there on the day of and, or being like, oh my gosh, like 15 minutes. Um, but also like, I feel like I'm like getting nervous talking about it. Like I'm getting like the same nervous system response as like, uh, that I'm speaking of um but yeah uh also like it's like a month before something and there was like a lot of nerves for that month before too you know when I think about it um but it motivated me to like practice a lot so that's good <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah like I definitely want to relate to uh, what you just said about, you know, it, it it takes practice to achieve that level of like what you're doing on stage just becomes such an organic, authentic thing where the nerves, um, they, um, they diminish over time. I mean, and sometimes I don't even know if diminish is the right word, but they convert into like a good nervousness rather than like a, like a, know adverse one yeah and I feel that a lot too like I get I still get nervous before every single podcast I do here but mm -hmm. once like but like if I know it's going to be like oh this person has like you know such interesting things to say or like I'm excited to like get to know this person then like it becomes sort of like a good nervousness yeah that's how it felt too because it was like um I feel like they have like really cool fans like Avitarium Collective, you know, like I just feel like there, I met so many people who were so cool, like so nice and so interesting. And you're one of them. And of oh course, my God, so are you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, it was like also a really cool experience because I knew that, like, um, I'm pretty sure of this, like, a lot of people are pretty open minded who listen to that music. And, um, or yeah and it felt like it was a very exciting thing to get to like present something to that audience yeah i wholeheartedly agree like yeah. you know finding meeting like other fans of animal collective like i find are often people that you know like i mean it's it's music that you know like it's still pop music in a lot of ways, but it's just done in such a like eccentric and, you know, like otherworldly way that you can't by default, like, you know, if you like the band and like, like their music, then you are kind of like searching for, you know, really abstract ways or forward thinking ways of like conveying ideas and sounds and textures. Um, 
into a cohesive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what you're saying about people that just think and look at the world and, you know, uh, you know, unique ways, but, and also like, um, it's very, it's music that's very vulnerable, yeah. like extremely vulnerable. Like it's mm-hmm. music that's, I mean, and I guess like you could argue that if you're super into like any artist, I mean, I'm sure you could find like, look into like the vulnerabilities that come yeah. with each artist but specifically with animal collective like it's vulnerability about all the things we were talking about not too long ago like Mm -hmm. not being a kid anymore growing up like finding yourself with you know the pressures of being an adult and uh, just being you know just having like there being a disorienting feeling of how the world evolves around you or like how the world is evolving around you, like, mm-hmm. and how you're evolving both with the world, but also independently from it. Yeah. Um, and that's like why, yeah, like I've I've also met some really dope folks that uh, are super mm-hmm. into the band as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I think yeah, the people I met like doing that tour, um, it was like such an amazing part of doing that tour like yeah there's somebody who I met at the Toronto show who like feels like a best friend of mine now you know yeah (laughs) I've heard Toronto's a really cool city by the way I've never been it's so cool I was just there for like a day but it was it felt pretty big and um there's these like there's this like cool looking thing upon the water, like fountain type thing that was like huge. Um, supposedly there's an island you take a ferry to and like, an, I don't know if you know about this, it's like not very far from the city. And my friend who I was just talking about said one time that he like went on the ferry, didn't tell anyone, <laughs> like just was like, I want to do something. And, um, I think just like went into the lake uh, on the beach, like with all his clothes and then like sopping wet, went back on the ferry and went home. And it was just this like impromptu thing. Um, I'd like to do exactly that one day. Uh, You know, (laughs) that sounds like a fun outing. We should do that. Yeah. Um, Or like Great Lakes people, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's in our heart. Oh yeah, um, my folks live in Ann Arbor now, and we just there's such beautiful parks out there. Um, like I love just watching like just flocks of waterfowl along the shore. Yeah, like that are so used to people. That's such a Great Lakes thing. Yeah. Love that. Um, so um, back to the tour. So like. Um, I guess, like, what was one of the biggest things you learned from doing something like that? Um, I think I learned that, like, it's probably just something that happens when people play shows or, like, go on a tour that I just, like, don't need to be as nervous or that there isn't, there's just, like, not 
that much to fear as much as I was fearing before. And I, I think I learned to like, hopefully in a setting like that um, in the future, like maybe have like some more fun or something, you know, and just looking at it in retrospect, like it was a lot of fun. And um, I think that I maybe can like allow myself to relax a little bit more in the future, which it seems like kind of like an exposure therapy thing, you know, like you're really scared and then you're exposed to it. You realize it's like not as scary as you thought. And so the next time you are in the same situation, it's not as tumultuous. That's that's real. That's real as fuck. <laughs> like, it's great to think about all the things you could do creatively, but that can it can be somewhat of a uh, blessing and a curse because you also think about all the things that can like go wrong, or you think about okay. all of like the, you know, like what, um, just like what all the possibilities are, but right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that gets, that, that hopefully seems like the trend for me with that is like, it gets easier. I get a little bit like, um, less neurotic or, or just like, I, um, maybe I, I don't like let myself just go down those paths and kind of like stop. Um, I like, like a self-intervention you know <laughs> it's yeah what is true versus what isn't true um yeah i mean that's another thing like it's um art music it's like always something that's subjective so um playing a show is like scary because there's like the chance and reality for most people that like some aren't gonna like it um and yeah, I feel like that's something that's hard to be okay with. Um, but I think that's also getting easier too. Um, yeah, I also think maybe this is a bit unrelated, but somebody was saying the other day that like, um, as an artist, and I think this is true for like a lot of different things, a lot of different professions, like you don't really see, you're not like aware of probably the majority of the effect that your live show or your album, your creation has on people. Like you don't really get to see that. You just, and so, you know, you can imagine like, but yeah. um, that's just at the end of the day, that's just um, something that you imagine, like you don't have the ability to know. So that's kind of freeing, I think, because, um, it like neutralizes it all it's like it has some kind of effect and I don't really know and I won't ever be able to know um so who cares <laughs> yeah yeah totally like that's also like you know goes to show you never know the impact you have on anybody yeah so true some people you know make active efforts to like assure that to certain people, of course, it is important, but you know, there's 
times where just kind of like in somewhat of a natural inclination of human is that you don't like realize what someone means to you until you know it's either too late or you just weren't thinking about something in a certain way at that point and uh, that's important too like you you do never know like you know the impact you are making or the conversations that happen that might be singing your praises that you're complete blissfully unaware of yeah i ultimately the best thing and it goes it comes with the subjectivity but the best thing is like you know if you like it then that's what's important yeah. And if you like it, people also gra like naturally gravitate towards something that you're passionate about because yeah. they care about you and they support you. Yeah, that's so true. That's that's totally true. Um, but I feel like that even like waxes and wanes. Like how much I like something like that I've previously released, like emergency or stuff that I'm like currently working on, and so um. I think another conversation with the same friend that I mentioned. Um, sorry, <laughs> like burping. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so she was. She said this, and it really st stuck with me. She was like, um, "It's like not for us. Like we don't have to like the things that we make and we put out into the world that we like offer to the world." Um, it's cool to like it, but that's also something that's like unstable, the perception of liking something, you know, because it's like contingent on mood or or whatever else it's contingent on. This kind of reminded me of the thing we were like texting about before that or there was a podcast um about like how whenever you hear like an interview with somebody, uh, or like you hear somebody on a podcast, it's like a certain time of day there are certain things that like happen that day in their life and they like are hungry or they're full or they are drinking alcohol or drinking coffee um yeah like the meta know. characteristics yeah yeah and it's like um yeah. i also like was thinking about that after we were text about texting about that about um music like you know somebody writes a song in a certain state and we don't know like what state yeah. it was um must they they tell that but um yeah. or like when they're playing a show even it's like yeah it's just something kind of interesting to me like i don't know it's my why like asking people about asking musicians about like individual songs mm -hmm. one of my favorite inquiries because like they'll put like a context you never thought of yeah totally like what you said you know <laughs> like uh the rag yeah like on fire yeah in wellington um oh my gosh that was like a house that her like deceased husband had built like uh, like it was like if i had burned down that house right. i would have a lot of feelings to sort through <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered that detail. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm sure it was very beautiful. Oregon's a very beautiful state. Yeah, it's like out in the countryside. 
it was really pretty. So the last thing uh, we can discuss here is uh, uh, I'd love to hear about, you said you've got another album coming out yeah. soon. Um, let's talk about uh, what you've been working on and what you have to say about uh, this new body of work here. Cool, yeah. Um, well, I know the title of the album is called Two Mirrors Facing Each Other. And um, I like that because it like, um, to me and hopefully others, it um, is like a visual, you know, that it's like you maybe immediately picture two mirrors facing each other or like that phenomena that occurs when like suddenly it looks like there's like infinite mirrors you know have you ever been like in a dressing room or something and like suddenly you see that like in front and behind you like you're like a million times yeah. oh um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, they have those uh, like kind of what like they have at carnivals like those houses of mirrors yeah or... I feel like they have those too there but it but it happens like accidentally sometimes like if you I feel like it happened to me like in a dressing room once like at a mall you know or um I guess just like in someone's bathroom or something where two mirrors like happen like there's maybe one on the door and like one by the sink and yeah I love the way that looks I mean it's just like it's just so like mystifying seeing the angles of yourself that like you're never normally exposed to yeah but it's also like whoa like it's like kind of magical like you just put two mirrors together and suddenly um but uh yeah so i don't know i guess it like describes kind of like a meta feeling of like thinking about thinking and i i just feel like i mean not as much in the past few months but when I came up with that name I was like really kind of stuck in this like mental place where it was like really endless and confusing and um there's like a song on the album called Thoughts Are Pregnant and it's about like did I send you this album or not I feel like you oh okay you might have to to now the the demos yeah um and yeah there's like some songs that are kind of um poppy but like some with no drums and um I don't know how I would describe them like I guess pretty abstract and um yeah they were just kind of born from a certain feeling and that's like the route I wanted to go and I wasn't like I didn't want to like um stop or I didn't want to um like try to direct like what I wanted to do I just wanted to see what happened um so yeah I guess I'm like really like don't know if anyone will like it at all but uh that's like probably what a lot of people feel like they don't know and I guess I feel like that because I feel like it's I don't know if like I don't know if it really is that different from the last one, but to me, it feels like it is. And I guess there's always like kind of a, a fear or like a thought that if something like isn't as poppy or something, like people aren't going to like it. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, 
that can be kind of like a byproduct of our tendency to like want to categorize things um where like we feel like something has to like fit a certain criteria in order for it to like you know access certain people or you know fit certain standards but you know we're in a time where that is constantly being challenged mm -hmm. and i mean that's how that's what has carved the way to like so many forward-thinking uh kinds of art and expression and you know all the kinds of music we like so mm -hmm. um, so would you say like so i know that like kind of with the way emergency was you know there were definitely like pop songs on there but there were also some more like instrumental like soundscape sort of things so what it, it's kind of sounding like it's somewhat of a similar format i mean style like you're doing new things obviously with like the sounds and stuff but but like there will be some pop but there will be some stuff that's more experimental kind of thing yeah for sure so maybe it is kind of similar i mean it really it made me happy when you said that you enjoyed that song like the what if because it's like you know not very poppy at all and i like you know definitely hear it less that people enjoy that one but um I was like, oh, that's really, that's sweet that somebody enjoyed maybe one of the, the weirder ones on there or something. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love all that weird I've actually, I mean, I've also been on like a huge ambient kick lately. Uh, yeah. A lot of me too. Yeah. You ever listen to uh, Kelly Lee Owens? Oh, yeah. She's great. God, she's great. <laughs> I need to, you're, you're like, I'm happy you um, reminded me of her. Oh, yeah. I, she is mesmerizing. Um, but yeah, like, so, well, that's so awesome. I, um, you know, I like what you're saying about, you know, sort of like you're thematically incorporating, like, you know, the, the meta, um, the concept of like the the meta with the various ways that you can look at yourself like yeah. from outside your own perspective um or just look at something it's like this groundless feeling you know this like wow so much so many different ways to to uh think about something so hard to have like an opinion so many things that like can be true at the same time yeah. um so the nuances yeah and yeah i think it's a pretty like anxious state too um because you can like notice all that and be chill about it but i think over the summer i was like going through a time where i like felt really anxious you know and you know a lot going on um that was like really upsetting and yeah, so I experienced that kind of a world of many thoughts, but like in a way that I wasn't chill with. And yeah. This is your way of kind of like compartmentalizing that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's um, like 
make music I make music to like play and you know access kind of some childhood feelings but it's like also um like a medicine too you know it's very there's there's been like a lot of times of um like grief or just a really intense emotion and I felt like um sometimes it was like it's like hard to eat but like easier to make music you know like it was it's I feel like it's one of the things that it's like it it's one of the only tools that's there sometimes um and I think that is because it's uh working with the emotion it's it's not something you have to like turn away from the or like ignore the emotion to go through it's like you can really be with it um and be experiencing it be processing it I guess um I can't really like I don't really know about the effectiveness of like me creating music as medicine because I don't really have like a control you know what I mean like I um I was in those states and I chose to make music and I can't really go back and like experience having not made music and like analyze side by side like oh I was better off the time that I did make music first and like or I was like more along the I was I was farther along in the process of like processing the emotion so I don't really know but um I do know that it's that it can be like a great comfort and I feel like that's really valuable does that make any sense oh my gosh <laughs> no I don't just yeah <laughs> I, no I'm like not following like it's um I'm not, like I that's why I listen to music myself you know like yeah. sometimes it feels like it's my only friend yeah um, you know it's sort of like that you know, we, we can be very, um, kind of like isolate ourselves almost where, you know, we don't feel like human interaction or it's like, you're not really looking for things that you can do for yourself or other people can do for you. Like your, the music is exactly what can help like convey those feelings, thoughts, and ideas Mm -hmm. that, you know, can't, you don't really find uh, being addressed in any other, like, um, you know, uh, substantial way. And uh, I mentioned I was on an ambient kick lately, and that's kind of why what I've been feeling lately is just a blankness, a feeling of, you know, despondency, a feeling of just sort of like existing and meandering and that's exactly what a lot of ambient music does like i was Mm -hmm. i got really really into stars of the lid like really into them heard of it oh yeah they're late 90s early 2000s ambient music that's kind of like the stuff that's been making most sense lately has been just stuff that isn't really like saying anything super direct Mm -hmm. or super like you know super blunt or in a in a more like drawn out like more complicated very layered way 
mm-hmm. um, to kind of sort of captivate like how I feel. And so, and that's just me as a music consumer. I mean, as a someone who makes it, I mean, you know, I can I can imagine like, you know, what you're saying about sometimes it's like it's all that is making sense right now in the moment is like where I can't think of doing anything else but making music to like convey certain things like I mean that's I think that it goes both ways for both the listener and the the artist yeah for sure I really liked how you put that like um that the days have been really like long and meandering and like kind of the same and that ambient music like really mirrors that. I think that's really interesting. Um, I've been trying to make like more like classically ambient music and I've been like really amazed by how much patience it takes to make that. Like I feel like, I feel like making it is really relaxing. Um, I haven't made that much, but like, but it's hard because I'm kind of up against this like voice in my head that's like telling me like, oh, put something there. But I like imagine somebody getting a massage or I, I imagine that I'm getting a massage listening to this music. And I think about how I th- I would be less relaxed if like something happened really quickly, you know, and I'm like, less is more here. And that's not really in any other time I've made music like that's not really like um I'm not going for like relaxing the nervous system or something like that and so less like isn't more in the other kind of music I make uh to to me so it's hard you know like and sometimes I like get so relaxed that like I get really sleepy and I feel like I can't finish the song (laughs) you know it's such a really uh uh it's very um strong way you put that less is more because it definitely can be yeah and i think that like i have these pressures like make something like like if it's not complicated it's not good or it can't be respected but that's some like garbage i think that i just need to kind of like assist out of my head um you know just like along the same like conditioning or narrative that like if you're not like a virtuoso at something like you don't like deserve to kind of be taking up space or or people aren't going to respect you or people aren't going to like be moved by your work which is like not true like I think like the majority of music I listen to and feel really moved by I don't think the people are like virtuosic at their instruments I had a friend like describe some music as like emotionally virtuosic and I really liked that. I was like, that's another kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, something could be like a virtual virtuosic, like super technical piece of music, but you know, I could think it's trash, you know, like it doesn't like, or moved by it, like it's not emotionally resonating or it's not like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but or but I could I could find like a really immense uh like meditative closure with a super minimalist piece, you know, like that like I don't think it like kind of what you're saying, like it doesn't 
um, you don't have to say everything that you're saying with, you know, all these crazy tempos or, you know, crazy like dynamics or playing with the mood or tone or something like that. Like could just simply be from texture alone. Or could yeah. be from, you know, one note for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think a lot could happen with like a synth, like automating that one note. Um, but that's really so much patience. But like it's it's so moving sometimes. It doesn't have to be more than like one note or chord for like a really long time. And then yeah. You ever listen to William Basinki? Yeah, I actually saw him live once and Oh hell yeah, that's like, awesome. It was it was a disintegration tapes live, I think. And it was um it was with somebody who like wasn't really into music and so it's like really interesting to get their perspective like the friend I went with he was like I think he he said that it felt like he was like falling asleep but in a cool way like he wasn't actually falling asleep in the performance but like maybe that like hypnagogic is that how you pronounce that word like yeah. experience like between sleep and wakefulness and I was like, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to reference was what he does with the disintegration loops. Like, mm -hmm. it's very, I mean, it's completely like repetitious yeah. loops of something for sometimes upwards of an hour. Yeah. Something like that, you know, and uh, it's like, you know, it's not so much for, for that piece, for that body of work in particular, it's not about like the technicalities of like the, you know, the sounds and the mechanisms of the music itself. Like that's, I mean, a big part of the first Disintegration Loops tape was the fact that he made that on 9-11, watching the collapse of the Twin Towers from his roof. And uh, like, that was when he like created that piece. And it's like the context behind it is what is so moving in such a like impeccable visceral way. That alone, I think just makes it so much more haunting. Yeah, um, that context is incredibly haunting. In the very. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not like doing a lot, but it's like, it's that idea. It's like the concept that he, birthed is so powerful and so it like yeah I'm definitely interested in shedding the idea that you have to be like doing a lot um like with a lot of like dexterity or a lot of like complicated things for something to be moving because it's it's really not true and I think it would I think it's a limiting belief that will just like limit creative exploration that I choose to to do. And that sounds sad. I mean, I think ideally I just want to be freely like exploring um, sound music in like any way without being scared that it's going to be taken. Yeah, of how it's going to be perceived, yeah. That all being said, um, you have like kind of like a, a vision of like when you might want to have this project out. 
I want to have it out soon, but it's just like it's it's uh it's kind of going slow. Um, I feel like it's um largely done. It's just that yeah, I do feel like it's kind of like the bones and there's I really want to keep like mixing and adding and taking away and maybe like redoing a vocal here and there or something. Um, so I definitely want it to be out. Like, I can't imagine it being like the summer and it, I haven't released it, you know? So yeah, that's the best answer I could give for that. That's okay. I mean, it happens when it happens. Yeah. There's a song, I don't know if you saw that like post that I made the other day. It was like my mom and sister's dancing and you could go back and see it. And there's a song that's like going to be on it called Transform. Um, so yeah, I've definitely like posted a little clips of a lot of songs that are going to be on it because I'm just like, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I'm stoked to hear what you've been working on. Um, you'll have to send me those demos. I'm going to come yes. after you for those demos. Because okay. <laughs> um, I would do, I definitely do want to hear what you've been doing. Um, yeah. Would love to feature it on uh, the site I write for too, what, once it drops. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Um, well, uh, Lana, Lipsticism, I think we've done some wonderful work here today. Yeah, really fun. Um, I don't. I haven't even looked at the time, but it's been yeah, a long one. Start? Started at like just past five. We started at five, so it's been two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is definitely a long one. But uh, as we're closing out here, the two questions I ask everyone on the way out. Uh huh. First is what keeps you up at night. <sighs> What's like an example? Like, you mean like? And it, like, literally when I'm sleeping, like, when I'm trying to sleep, what? It can be philosophical. It can be very, you know, matter of fact. Like, everyone kind of answers that one in a different way. I have, like, um, well, I feel like you could answer that, like, like, that's sometimes a question people ask, like, what do you what's upsetting to you in the world right now. But then it can also have a very literal, you know, it could be taken in a literal way, like when you're sleeping, like what makes it hard to sleep? Um, yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I've gotten both types. I've gotten really deep and profound things. I've gotten things as simple as the construction outside my window or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> I would say light, light makes it really hard to sleep. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot that's upsetting that I, you know, I, I just maybe feeling a little, uh, too fatigued to get into that. Um, but yeah, I guess thoughts that aren't like really simple keep me up at night, like actually like make it hard for me to sleep. Um, so I actually try to think about super mundane things when I'm going to sleep. Like I'll like, you know, if I was in like the grocery store, I'll just like relive like 
taking something from the aisle or like relive like a interaction I had with somebody there and then I go to sleep so that's my trick for going to sleep think about it or like things that are going to happen in the future like I think about like making coffee the next day or something it's it's really like pleasant neutral I feel that (laughs) I focus on numerical things a lot when I'm you really like what like counting things in my oh, okay. mind yeah um like one thing to the next to the next and after a certain point like my mind drifts off and i fall asleep yeah it's not emotionally charged right right yeah like yeah exactly a, oh my god i'm gonna die or people are gonna die or yeah gonna yeah yeah it's meditative mm-hmm. well the second question is what puts you to sleep i think i answered that you did. <laughs> That's normally the second part of it. Is like, yeah, yeah. We kind of an- we did kind of answer. So your answer would be focusing on things like reliving scenarios and. Yeah, I feel like this question could also be interpreted as like, what makes you really bored? You know, like what puts you to sleep? And unfortunately, like a lot of a lot of um. Like if I'm trying to read like something scientific, maybe I'm not like actually falling asleep, but I read the words and I'm like, what? Like my brain just went somewhere else and I was thinking about something so different, but I'm like interested. Like I want to know like the origins of Darwinism, but I'm reading it and I'm like, (laughs) damn, like, that's not going from the page to my brain and that's something i gotta read in broad daylight or something like that yeah like right after coffee just like yeah yeah what about you what puts you to sleep counting yeah that helps though um scrolling social media i thought you were saying i thought you said squirrels (laughs) (laughs) throwing Oh, oh no no no! Yeah. Um, uh, squirrels are very simulated. Shout, yeah. shout out to squirrels! I love squirrels. Yeah. Um no uh, usually just like I scroll like on social media, yeah. Reddit or something until I my eyes just get too tired and then I fall asleep that way. Yeah. Interesting. Can you do that before you go to bed? Usually, yeah. yeah. Like that's kind of like the last thing I do. Um. I'm not really one to fall asleep like watching something like I hate like falling asleep while I'm watching like a movie or something like I'd rather just like if I really can't stay awake I pause it and then just finish it in the morning or something like that so you like you really want to see the end right like yeah you're uncomfortable with like not finishing something yeah maybe like a Capricorn trait I don't know I've noticed that it very well could be things do you like when you start a book do you really like like, even if you're bored with it, you want to finish it? Yeah, you have to. You like That's the a... process of completing things, like that feeling oh, of satisfaction yeah. when you complete something? Following through and completion is a huge thing for me. Like, that's I'm big on that with songs. Like, I can't, yeah. like, pause a song in the, in the middle. Like, if literally, like, if somebody is, like, trying to, like, call me or something, 
like I'll literally and I'm listening to something I'll wait until the song is over before like I decide like I'm gonna call them back and like I feel like that's a really good thing like you're protecting your brain from like the fragmented instant gratification like all that stimuli coming at us like you're like preserving your attention span by um, needing to finish things so you hit it you hit it like perfectly <laughs> I it's feel like, yeah it's a it's an anxious thing it could be a capricorn thing i mean it's you're like triple earth you're like taurus virgo capricorn right or you're capricorn virgo taurus so you're like you have a virgo moon a capricorn sun and a taurus rising correct all of the earth right there so all the three signs that are earth showing up in you yeah it's uh it's we'll get into it uh let's wrap this up so (laughs) and then we'll get into it but we can talk off here but thanks for alana lipsticism thank you so much for being on the show um this was so wonderful uh wholesome great to talk about you know just a lot of like really um a lot of things about you know just self-awareness of ourselves and the world around us and how it pertains to art and uh, you know just being present um i this is just a great pleasure to like really share space and do it make a podcast out of it so uh thank you i loved the conversation it's such a good time thanks so much for inviting me to do this of course happy to um for everyone watching uh be sure to go stream emergency uh (laughs) which um will be followed by a new record very soon we'll be keeping close eye on that um and uh very excited to bring uh mr nice guy uh in the next couple months, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs> Bye.